0: and welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass with my wonderful co-host, Angela Donadio, and this month we are discussing life and understanding it from the author of life. We hope to enter the pro-life discussion in a way that will honor the precious life that God has given. Angela, there is so much to discuss in this topic. Absolutely, Denise, and thank you for having me back again
1: to just share on something that is definitely in the forefront of our culture right now, don't
0: you think? Oh, yes. And there's so much division on it and Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we can feel like these topics are untouchable. You know, a lot of times I wouldn't discuss them because you don't want to be controversial Mm -hmm. and you'll be labeled and but we need to have these discussions. This is human life. True, true. But in a way that isn't judgmental. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what we're hoping to do here, folks. I remember hearing the phrase, the human condition, when I was an unbeliever, and something about those words caught my ear. A condition is something we cannot control completely or at all. It is something we are placed in and want to get out of, right? Right. But it is not hopeless like other conditions we can have. King Solomon was trying to figure out our condition as human beings. He was the wisest guy around and made a lot of poor decisions in trying to find the meaning to life. And I don't know about you, but I used to think... He's the wisest guy. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Who's going to have a thousand women? <laughs> that is not wise. <laughs> no, it's not. And broke.
1: <laughs> it's a good thing he had a lot of money to he had that many
0: wives. But, you know, he came to a conclusion in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, that the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. And that showed our purpose, but not really the whole picture.
1: That's true, Denise. And we see God's original intention in creating us was so much more than duty, In Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7, the scripture for this episode, we also see that we were made to know Him, and we are a display of God's love and redemption. Let me just read that. But now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west." I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. What a powerful Mm -hmm. passage, Denise. We see the definition of life through God's purpose and our Creator's intention. We were created for His glory. We are precious, and we are honored in His sight. Wow,
0: Denise, today we see such a discrepancy in the definition of life, don't we? Yes, you know, and I'm just kind of getting emotional listening to that scripture, mm. because in my mind, I'm thinking about His eyes on the sparrow. Mm. You know, every life is so precious. God is a creator and owner of every single life. True. Would I ever think that I have the control over another human life? Mm. That is such a wrong place to be in. Wow. And it's often made in ignorance, mm. you know, because we, we do relegate it as a right or we do relegate it as something else other than this incredible holy thing. That's right, gift, <laughs> a gift. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we need to find our purpose and the definition of life from the one who made us. But if people do not believe in the authority of God's word, we lose sight of both the purpose of life and when life really begins. But God's word is not silent on this. The word life in the New Testament is expressed through the Greek words bios, souk, and zoe. I hope I said souk right. I think you did. <laughs> okay. uh, bios, and you see this in Luke 8, 14, it refers to life on this earth, as in we are living beings. Souk, in Matthew 16, 25, you can see that, refers to our souls. And Zoe, John 1, 4, refers to eternal life. There's an argument today over when life begins. I think if we are honestly going to search for truth, Then we cannot approach the question with the purpose of disproving that question. Mm. The word bios indicates that what we are, I'm sorry, the word bios indicates what are typically signs of what is needed to sustain life a heartbeat, blood, breathing. Looking to the author of our life, we see that blood is a sign of life. Mm. It says in Leviticus 17, 13 through 14, for the life of all flesh. "...its blood is its life. Therefore I say to the Israelite people, you shall not partake of the blood of any flesh, for the life of all flesh is its blood. Anyone who partakes of it shall be cut off." So this verse is just really demonstrating how blood is proof that there is life. That's true. The
1: viability of life is blood. And we also see in Exodus 21 verses 22 through 25 that a baby not yet born is considered life. This this verse says, If men who are fighting hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offender must be fined, whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. And I'm thinking, Denise, as we're talking about this, where does this confusion come from? It's, mm. it's obvious, like you said, okay, life is in the blood. And if a, a woman is the unborn child is hurt, then there's a crime being committed here. Yet somehow we still seem confused about the definition of life. There really isn't confusion. I think it comes from us wanting our own way. And we mm. interject confusion into what seems to be a very obvious conversation.
0: That's so true. And you know, the enemy is the author of confusion. That's we right. know that, but we forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, the spirit of the air is influencing and infiltrating and trying to get us to think wrongly about things, but it's God's word. That's right. That brings us back. So, let's look at man's definition since we have heard God's The definition of life, according to the Google Dictionary, is the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter, including the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. Mm. (laughs) That's kind of a (laughs) a heady definition there. It also says the existence of an individual human being Mm. or animal. And Merriam-Webster defines life as one or more aspects of the process of living. The process of living, Mm. the quality that distinguishes a vital and functional being from a dead body. So, man would define a baby in utero as having life based on the definitions I just shared. And yet, now, recently, a law was passed in New York that grants the life of a baby to be ended up to 40 weeks. Right at the moment. And what was it that our Virginia governor just recently said? Yeah, unfortunately, after actually came
1: out and said, even if the baby was born, and then there was still some maybe ambiguity on the part of the mother, that the baby would be, in his words, made comfortable until a decision could be made. And what you're really doing there is advocating for infanticide, which is a very, very dangerous Ugh. slope that we do not want to be going down in the United States of America.
0: Yes. You know, when I was pregnant five times, yeah. um, yes, I'm a martyr <laughs> I desperately wanted to keep my baby safe. But I had high risk pregnancies, and each one of my children are really miracles. I mean, they made it out alive. <laughs> it's mm. like they should have T-shirts. I <laughs> <surprised>. <laughs> but you know, not just because God created them, but they—they they really. We had so many different uh, problems that I had to work through. It was either toxemia, you know, um, and then miscarriage. Mm. And you know, watching my baby's heartbeat on the ultrasound slow down and then stop was so very painful. Mm. And God had prepared my heart for this loss, and he was enough in the aftermath of that loss. But no one said in the hospital that my baby was dead when they saw the heartbeat. Mm. It was after my precious baby no longer had a heartbeat that the pronouncement was made. To think that we as a nation are permitting the lives of millions of babies to be snuffed out and consider it a political battle is very shocking. Mm -hmm. That's so true, Denise. Thank
1: you for sharing you know, your own personal story of this. And I was thinking as you were saying that how many women that choose abortion still don't understand the loss that they're going to experience mm-hmm. because they're making a decision in that moment that might seem right to them by whatever criteria we're going to talk about some of that later this month. Maybe what even leads a woman to feel like they have mm-hmm. to make this choice or they want to make this choice. But what they're not understanding is the sense of deep loss that accompanies a loss of a baby, whether it's a miscarriage, an abortion, because God created us uniquely as women to carry life. Mm. And He is the author of life. And I was even thinking when you're talking about blood, that Jesus shed His blood, Mm. you know, that the blood is what is giving His life for us. And there's just so much, there's so much, it's so rich, there's so much value in everything Mm. that we're talking about and... Not because we're talking about it, because Christ, you know, gives us this template and the scripture gives us this template. So, you know, we read a couple of, of weeks ago from Psalm 139, as you were sharing, I was thinking that same chapter seems so fitting even today. Verse 13 says, "'For you created, meaning God, for God created my inmost being. God, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well.'" My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together. is beautiful. that beautiful? Mm-hmm. We were woven together. Uh, and he says in the New Testament, we're um, a masterpiece. created. Um, he created us as a masterpiece. That's what I was thinking of reading that. We were woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That means every day of our life. He has planned, he has orchestrated, and that we're here for purpose and we're here on purpose. Mm -hmm. And maybe one of our listeners today feels like they were an accident. Maybe they were told that. Maybe someone actually is, the mom says, I wish, you know, that I hadn't kept you, or I wish I hadn't had you. And the scripture reminds us that nobody is here by accident.
0: Mm. You know, it makes me think of, I, uh, I'm i a mentor for these women um, online, and this one woman shared that her mother said to her when she was a little girl, I wish you'd never been born. Mm. Mm. And here, this woman is now um, approaching 60 years old, and you can feel the pain of those mm. words. And God brought to my mind Psalm 139. Mm. And I said, you know, you aren't your mother's child. That's right. You're God's, You're God's child. God's That's child. Right. And I said, you know, you, He knew you, and He chose you. Mm. And so, if if even your own mother rejects you, God does not reject you. And mm. so, for a mom to think she has that choice to reject a child, she doesn't. Right. Even if our country says you can, mm. you know, no. Mm.
1: That's so beautiful, Denise. I just I just love the way God loves us, and I love the fact that He has the final say in our situations. And so if that might be you today, just know that you're loved, know that you're here on purpose and for purpose, and that no matter what anyone has spoken over you, His truth is supreme in your life. And so that's what we're talking about today. The raw truth is that we were all created by God as the originator of all life, The radical grace is that when we have fallen prey to the world's standards, God is able to open our eyes to see truth. And the real hope is even when man tries to legislate when life begins, God's purposes prevail. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.